War in the Pacific, one and three quarters minutes. At the very top, the title, War in the Pacific, 1931 to 1945. Below on the center panel. World War II was the deadliest of all wars. This global conflict killed an estimated 50 to 80 million individuals, mostly civilians. To the left, this message is repeated in Chamorro, and to the right, in Japanese. Jutting out from this displaced platform is a three-foot-high glass wall with a metal railing. Just below the center of the railing is a small shelf with a button that activates the two-foot diameter globe of the world behind it. Pressing the button illuminates the countries impacted by World War II. The globe is touchable, and you may manually rotate it. Behind the globe, in the center of the wall, is an area where quotations are projected in white letters. They incorporate comments from a wide range of combatants and non-combatants and represent wide cultural perspectives about the significance of the Pacific War. This freestanding exhibit consists of a display at the front and two multi-panel displays to the right and left. From here, you have three choices. Option one, move around to your left to listen to descriptions of the three exhibit walls in the section about colonial legacy. Option two, move around to the right to listen to descriptions of the three exhibit walls in the section about Japan on the Rise. Option three, leave this freestanding exhibit and move to the right to the animated Battle of Guam map in the center of the room. Colonialism in the Pacific, one and one quarter minutes. The center of three walls on this side of the exhibit, under the title, Colonial Legacy. The background is a hand-colored engraving of a tropical scene, including pineapple fields, palm trees, and distant mountains. At the upper left, under the heading in red lettering, Colonialism in the Pacific, two columns of text and images against a white background. In the left column, World powers have sought control of the Far East for centuries. Great Britain, Germany, France, Holland, Spain, Portugal, and eventually the United States claimed and colonized resource holdings from India to the Far Pacific. In the early 1900s, Japan emerged as a competitor in this power struggle. At the upper right corner of the wall, a green feature panel, the title in white letters on a red band, Chamorro's First People. Chamorros are thought to have navigated their way to Guam and the other Mariana Islands from Southeast Asia about 3,500 years ago. Their unique culture and language have evolved over the last 400 years, reflecting Spanish, American, and Japanese influence. Listen to the description of the colonialism in the Pacific display at the center of this exhibit. Colonial Legacy Map the left panel, a map of the colonial Pacific in 1920. Micronesia is in the center of the map, about four feet above the floor. Each island is identified with a flag indicating its status as a colony of the United States, Japan, Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, the Netherlands, France, China, or Portugal. In the upper right corner, text provides this timeline of the colonial legacy of East Asia and the Pacific. 1565, Spain claims the Philippines and Guam. 1880s, Germany claims the Marshall Islands, Nauru, and the Caroline Islands. 1898, 
America wins the Spanish-American War and gains control of the Philippines and Guam. World War I. Japan, allied with Great Britain, seizes Micronesia from Germany. After the war, Guam and the nearby Philippines remain U.S. possessions, while most of Micronesia is turned over to Japan. Listen to the description of the colonial legacy map at the left of this exhibit. Listen to the description of the before World War II display at the right of this exhibit. Listen to the description of the Japan on the Rise display at the center of this exhibit. Japan's ambition, one and one quarter minutes. The left panel features a photo of Japanese Emperor Hirohito standing on a platform, saluting a column of soldiers in light colored uniforms marching with rifles slung over their left shoulders. At the upper left, two columns of text and images against a tan background under the heading Japan's Ambition in the left column. In 1931, Japan invaded resource-rich Manchuria as part of a broader campaign. Japanese leaders described a greater East Asia co-prosperity sphere, a self-sufficient Japanese-led Asian empire that could combat European imperialism and communism. Western leaders, concerned with Japan's militaristic actions, responded with economic embargoes. By 1940, facing shortages of oil and raw materials, Japan believed that war with the United States was imminent. A quote from Tadakata Ikezaki, Japan, 1929. It is well known that Japan's overpopulation grows more serious every year. Where should we find an outlet for these millions? The only remaining area is the Asian mainland. Listen to the description of the Japan's ambition display at the left of this exhibit. Listen to the description of the world turned upside down display at the right of this exhibit. Occupation and survival. At this display, you have two audio description choices. The occupation and survival display on three-angled wall panels and a touchscreen interactive video monitor regarding the same subject. Use the crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. When you are ready to move on, the We Are at War exhibit about 1941 is around to the right, and the Survival Strategies exhibit is around to the left. Occupation and Survival Display On the three-angled walls of this display, a photo of a group of American troops with hands above their heads, palms extended forward, surrounded by armed Japanese soldiers. On the left panel, against a black background, this text in white letters. The Japanese invasion of the Philippines began just 10 hours after Pearl Harbor was attacked. After a four-month battle at Bataan, The American and Filipino troops on the peninsula surrendered. The defenders of Corregidor would hold out for another month. Then the entire Philippine Islands surrendered. The horrific Bataan Death March led from Bataan to prisoner of war camps 70 miles away. Nearly 15,000 would die along this route. Listen to the description of the occupation and survival display on three angled wall panels. Learn how to operate the audio description of the Occupation and Survival Touchscreen Interactive Video Monitor. Peace Introduction, One Minute. This is a series of five display walls arranged side by side, described left to right 
against the wall of the exhibit space. At the far left, the first display, titled Rebuilding, juts out at an angle from the wall. Continuing to the right, the next exhibit is Peace in the Pacific, followed by Freedom at Last, The Aftermath of War, and at the far right, We Can Forgive, But We Must Never Forget. Use the crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. Behind you is the Bravery and Valor display and touchscreen interactive video monitor. To your right, through a six-foot opening, are the natural resources exhibits, and to your left is the World War II timeline exhibit. Peace in the Pacific, one and one-half minutes. To the right, a main story panel titled Peace in the Pacific. The background photo shows American General MacArthur in a light-colored uniform and officer's hat, sitting with a pen in his right hand. This text in the left column. On September 2, 1945, Japanese officials signed the Terms of Surrender, and the war was officially over. Japan agreed to disband its military, restructure its economy, and create a new government. Allied forces were sent to Japan to oversee compliance. Peace in the Pacific marked a new chapter in world history and a new era of international cooperation. To the right, this quotation in green type. Victory always has its burdens and its responsibilities, as well as its rejoicing. But we face the future and all its dangers with great confidence and great hope. America can build for itself a future of employment and security. Together with the United Nations, it can build a world of peace founded on justice, fair dealing, and tolerance. President Harry S. Truman, following the surrender ceremony on the USS Missouri. At the lower left corner, a quote in red type. However, it is according to the dictates of time and fate that we have resolved to pave the way for a grand peace for all the generations to come by enduring the unendurable and suffering what is unsufferable. Imperial Rescript on the Termination of the War, August 15, 1945. Listen to the description of the second panel from the left, titled Peace in the Pacific. Listen to the description of the third panel from the left, titled New Beginnings. Listen to the description of the fourth display wall from the left, The Aftermath of War. We can forgive, but we must never forget. Two and three quarters minutes. To the right, above a six foot wide opening, a title, Learning from Our Past. Beneath it, on a panel to the left, a main story panel titled, We Can Forgive, But We Must Never Forget. These are the words frequently spoken by American veterans and Chamorro War survivors. It is their hope that future generations will learn from their experiences, so those who fell will never be forgotten. Below on a red panel, a quote from Beatrice Emsley, Guam. I do not have any hatred among the Japanese. These are a new generation. They just don't know, just like our generation. I hope and pray that they won't see this war happen to any other nation. I hope we all get together into one great happy nation with understanding and trust. To the right, a quote from John Garcia, Guam. People will never know how free they are until they lose that freedom. And we lost that freedom once. Below on a green background, a quote from Juan Perez, Guam. 
I didn't say I hate them. I forgive them for what they did to many of the people, but I want them to know that I won't forget it. Along the bottom of the panel, a photo showing rows of Japanese soldiers in dark uniforms facing across a parade ground at American Marines in formation under a U.S. flag. To the right, on the far side of the six-foot-wide opening, a photo mural of two sailors in the midst of a cross-lined cemetery saluting the fallen. Below, a quote from General Douglas MacArthur, Supreme Allied Commander, Southwest Pacific Area, 1945. It is my earnest hope, indeed the hope of all mankind, that from this solemn occasion a better world will emerge out of the blood and carnage of the past, a world founded upon faith and understanding, a world dedicated to the dignity of man and the fulfillment of his most cherished wish for freedom, tolerance, and justice. Below, a quote from the Dalai Lama at the Okinawa Peace Memorial Park, November 4, 2009. We must remember that for each of those who died during the war, their life was as dear to them as our life is to us. These reckless killings must remind us that war is senseless. Only praying and wishing for a world without problems is unrealistic. We must learn from our sad experiences and promote the spirit of dialogue. Listen to the description of the right display wall, titled, We Can Forgive, But We Must Never Forget. Bravery and Valor Introduction At this display, you have two audio description choices the Bravery and Valor display on three angled wall panels, and a touchscreen interactive video monitor regarding the same subject. Use the crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. When you're ready to move on, to the left, around the corner, is the Defending Guam exhibit. To the far left, across the room, is the Battle for Guam program, and behind you, through the six-foot opening, is the Stewardship Exhibit. Bravery and Valor display. On the wall to the left, a photo of a soldier wearing a cap, light shirt, and dark pants emerging from a cave. Chamorro civilian scouts gathered intelligence and helped U.S. troops sweep Guam's caves and dense jungles for the thousands of Japanese combatants who refused to surrender. The scouts were later reorganized to form the Guam Combat Patrol with the 3rd Marine Division. On the right wall, a photo of a column of four members of the Guam Combat Patrol walking along a rocky path with rifles extended. A quote from O.R. Lodge, Major, United States Marine Corps. The native guides, who accompanied many of the Marine and Army patrols during the campaign proper and the mop-up period, performed invaluable service in ferreting out Japanese troops and equipment. Listen to the description of the Bravery and Valor display on three angled wall panels. In the center wall, three feet above the floor, a touchscreen computer interactive video monitor features 16 60 to 90 second video stories of Bravery and Valor in the Pacific during World War II. The main menu allows you to choose among five categories, which are represented by sepia-toned photos and text. If a video is already playing, you will join the description in progress. If a video is not playing, you will hear instructions to choose between the available videos. 
If at any time you wish to leave the video description and return to the audio menu, press the crescent buttons. Otherwise, when you are ready to leave the audio menu completely, simply move to another location. Now press the circular button to access the audio description of the Bravery and Valor touchscreen interactive video monitor. Learn how to operate the audio description of the Bravery and Valor touchscreen interactive video monitor. The Battle of Guam Map Introduction At this location, there is an 8-foot wide by 5-foot deep slanted map surface with a 7-foot high back wall. One part of the audio description covers the displays and the other describes the multimedia show of laser lights on the map and videos on the screens in the back wall. Use the crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. When you are ready, behind to the right is the resistance exhibit, and behind you is the jungle survival game. Moving to the left brings you to the Japan on the Rise display. Listen to the description of the Battle of Guam display on the slanted surface. Learn how to operate the audio description of the Battle of Guam multimedia show on the slanted surface and back wall. Resistance, three and one quarter minutes. The background photo is of Japanese naval officers in white uniforms with sabers at their sides inspecting field workers in a rice paddy. In the lower right corner, a photograph of Agata Johnson, the school principal who became a community leader during occupation. In the center, a cutout image of Father Duenas, a Catholic priest who stood up to the Japanese officials and was executed for his convictions. He wears a dark garment with closely spaced vertical buttons, a clerical collar, and glasses. Quote, God will look after me. I have done no wrong. Father Jesus Baza Duenas. At the top of the back wall, under the heading in red lettering, In the Face of Death, against a white background, two columns of text and images, in the left column. Chamorro resistance to the Japanese remains strong on Guam throughout the occupation. Despite the risk of severe punishment, if not death, Chamorros operated forbidden radios, harbored U.S. sailors, sabotaged work, hid food supplies, and sang songs of resistance. Below, four photos of survivors. At the top of the right column, a group photo of 11 people. At great personal risk, Antonio Cruz Artero and his wife Josefa took care of radioman George Tweed for the majority of his 32 months in hiding from the Japanese. In 1946, President Harry Truman awarded Antonio the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Below to the left, in a plexiglass case, a 1941 Philco shortwave radio. Chamorros hid shortwave radios, often storing the parts in different locations. Those suspected of having radios were severely beaten or killed. News from the outside world helped keep hope alive that the United States would return. Two and one-half feet above the floor, a one-foot-wide slanted display surface extends across the entire seven-foot width of the exhibit. At the far left edge, two telephone handsets. Above them, three buttons to choose to hear songs of resistance. From top to bottom, the Japanese flag, Japani Haha, and Uncle Sam Won't You Please Come Back to Guam. When this description ends, you may press a button 
and listen to these Songs of Resistance on the handsets. Songs of Resistance, Songs for Survival Chamorros and Micronesians created songs in their own languages as a means of protest against the Japanese and to uplift their spirits during the war. They sang their songs proudly, even when threatened with punishment. Some songs contain secret messages to convey war news, warnings, or emergency plans. At the far right of the slanted panel, a scrapbook about resistance during the occupation. Around the exhibit through the six-foot opening to your left is Scars on the Land, to your right is the Jungle Survival Game, and behind you, the Battle of Guam exhibit. Scars on the Land Introduction This side of this freestanding exhibit features three angled wall panels, where you have three audio description choices. At the right, the Scars on the Land display. At the left, the Conserving Our Environment display. And a touchscreen interactive video monitor regarding the same subject. Use the Crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the Circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. Behind you is the stewardship exhibit. To your left is the children and war exhibit. Scars on the land, two and three quarters minutes. On this eight foot wide panel at the left is a main story panel, Trauma and Transformation. The environmental story of Guam is intertwined with its military story. As you tour the park's seven units, Perhaps you will come across a Japanese pillbox while hiking, or maybe you will encounter a World War II landing craft encrusted with coral while scuba diving. Reminders of World War II are not only embedded in people's memories, they are embedded in the landscape. War altered the environment of Guam. Our actions, for better or for worse, continue to alter the environment. To the right, an aerial view photo of APRA Harbor. The U.S. Navy dredged Opera Harbor to expand the deepwater port and altered the villages of Sumai and Piti for military installations. Damage and loss of critical habitats on land and sea continue from unchecked development. On the right of the display are two side-by-side -side photos showing identical views of Bonshu Ridge. To the left, a deforested hillside in 1944, contrasted by a verdant green hillside in 2011. Above the photo, a quote from Rosa Carter, Guam, 1944. The Americans started bombing Guam. A fire started and the island was very quickly burned because there was lots of dry grass. All the people were calling out, shouting, praying, Holy Mary, Mother of God. And whenever a bomb hit the ground, someone was hurt. Below, a quote from Jose Barcinas, Guam, 1943. There was some kind of rice disease. We were supposed to go out among the rice plants and spray diesel oil in the water. People were also made to use nicotine salt sulfur, a very poisonous chemical from tobacco, that was used to eradicate the insects. Listen to the description of the scars on the land wall display at the right. Conserving our environment, two and one quarter minutes. Diagonally across the center of the three panels of this display, is a photo of a manta ray. Its dark, horizontal, gaping mouth spans the center of its white underbelly. Its widely extended dark fins blend in with the dark blue aquatic background. 
To the left, a green feature panel about invasive species. Many species of plants and animals arrive naturally on Guam by flying, floating, or seeds being carried by birds. Other species, however, have been brought to Guam by humans, either deliberately, as food, timber, etc., or accidentally. Some of these introduced species can spread out of control and become invasive, causing ecological, economic, and health problems. To the right, a green feature panel about climate change. Quote, Climate change on Pacific Islands impacts coral reefs which are simply dying off. The more direct and dramatic events on the islands are changes in the number and intensity of storms damaging crops and buildings and the rise in sea levels. For some islands, there won't really be much possibility of saving them. Espen Roenberg, Climate Change Advisor, Secretariat of the Pacific Regional Environment Program. A quote from Peter Ewens of the World Wildlife Fund. Ignoring climate change will be the most costly of all possible choices for us and our children. Listen to the description of the Conserving Our Environment wall display at the left. Learn how to operate the audio description of the Conserving Our Environment touchscreen interactive video monitor. An island rich in resources, one and one quarter minutes. The background of this display shows an aerial photo of a green vegetated plateau with blue sky at the top. At the upper left, a main story panel titled An Island Rich in Resources. The island of Guam supports a broad range of habitats and resources due in part to its geological characteristics. The northern half is a large terrace limestone plateau that was once an underwater coral reef. The south consists of a volcanic hilly region. To the right, a colored map of Guam delineates habitat types. To the right, four photographs on a green background. Clockwise from the upper left, a vegetated beach strand, a tangled limestone forest, a grassy savanna, and a ravine riverine forest with hibiscus, reeds, and ferns. Above on a blue background, this text in white. Did you know? War in the Pacific National Historical Park has more species of plants and animals than any other national park in the United States and includes more water acres, 1,002, than land acres, 926. On land, there are over 400 species of plants, many found only on Guam, and the coral reefs have more than 3,500 known species. Listen to the description of the first display wall, an island rich in resources at the left. From ridge to reef, one and one quarter minutes. Against this panel's background photo of palm trees, a main story panel titled, From Ridge to Reef. In the left column, this text. On Guam, land and sea are interconnected. Fresh water flows from high ridges down to low-lying areas and out onto coral reefs. Water evaporates from the sea and rains down upon the island, beginning the cycle again. Unfortunately, this flowing water can also carry pollution, debris, and sediments that damage coral reefs and fisheries. Low-lying wetlands play a critical role of filtering water before it reaches the ocean. In the lower right corner, on a green background, a panel titled Sedimentation. Sedimentation is one of Guam's biggest land management issues. It is caused by particles of dirt that erode from rocks and soil and are carried downstream by water or wind. 
Eventually, the sediment is deposited into the ocean. The muddy water blocks necessary sunlight from the coral, while the sediment smothers it. Below on a shelf two and one-half feet above the floor is a scrapbook titled In Harmony with Nature. Listen to the description of the second display wall titled From Ridge to Reef, which is to the right of an island-rich in resources display. Guam Watershed Touchscreen Interactive Monitor. To the right of the From Ridge to Reef display, four feet above the floor, a touchscreen computer interactive monitor features one 90-second animated video and 10 brief hotspot topics. To enter the audio description version of this interactive exhibit, you must do two things. When these instructions end, press the circular button to set up this device to receive the audio description. Next, touch the screen anywhere to start the interactive, and then touch the upper right corner of the screen to access the audio description. If at any time you wish to leave the description, press the crescent buttons. Otherwise, when you are ready to leave, simply move to another location. Now, press the circular button, then the screen, and finally the upper right corner of the screen. Listen to the description of the third display wall, titled Coral Reef Habitats. Looking forward, one and one quarter minutes. At the top of the center section, on an aqua band in white letters, the title, Looking Forward. To the left of the opening leading to the sales area, a large color photograph, an aerial view of Assen Beach. On a red panel. In order to commemorate the bravery and sacrifices of those participating in the campaigns of the Pacific Theater of World War II, and to conserve and interpret outstanding natural, scenic, and historic values and objects on the island of Guam for the benefit and enjoyment of present and future generations, the war in the Pacific National Historical Park is hereby established. Public Law 95-348, August 18, 1978. To the right of the opening to the sales area, a large color photograph. In the center, an artillery piece, green with patina in front of three flags. From left to right, the flags are Guam, the United States of America, and Japan. On a red panel. Now that Japan has come to enjoy peace and abundance, we tend to overlook the pricelessness and blessings of peace. Our task is to convey to younger generations the horrors of war, so that we never repeat the errors in our history. Tomichi Murayama, Prime Minister of Japan, August 15, 1995. Listen to the description of the fourth display wall titled Looking Forward at the Far Right. Children and War Introduction. Two side-by-side panels against the wall. To the left, Children and War. And to the right, Where Are We? Use the crescent buttons to choose a selection in this area, then press the circular button to listen. You may stop listening to a description at any time by using the crescent buttons to choose another selection. When you are ready to move on, the jungle survival game is to the right. Behind you is the war and cartoons exhibit, and to the left is the opening to the sales area. Listen to the description of the children and war display to the left side of this wall. Where are we? High on the wall, a 10-foot-wide series of digital clocks provides the current time at eight locations around the globe. From left to right, Japan, 
Guam, Hawaii, California, New York, Zulu, United Kingdom, and Germany. Below, a 12-foot-wide, Guam-centered world map gives visitors a sense of their location. Its magnetic surface is designed for ranger-led educational activities. Listen to a description of the Where Are We display. The Warring Cartoons, three-angled wall displays. This display, featuring a three-angled wall, displays a look at how cartoons and comic books were used during World War II. A main story panel titled, The War in Cartoons. During World War II, propaganda was used to influence public opinion. It was used to stir patriotism, promote sacrifice and recruitment, instill hatred and fear, and fuel racism. The U.S. and Japanese military often used comic strip characters and cartoons to relate to their young servicemen. The cartoon characters were heroic, idolized icons of American and Japanese culture. In the good versus evil morality of cartoons, the characters symbolized patriotism and righteousness, always triumphing over evil. To the left, on a red panel, four American political cartoons. Featured is Theodore Dr. Seuss Geisel, better known for his children's books. To the right, also on a red panel, four Japanese political cartoons. Listen to a description of the War in Cartoons display. A question of survival, one minute. This display features, on the back walls, a three-part photo of a lush green tropical forest. In the center, three feet above the floor, is a touchscreen interactive monitor, which features the question of survival game where players can test their survival skills. Before that, however, note a quotation from Eleanor Roosevelt, First Lady of the United States, 1933 to 1945, which appears on the opposite side of the right wall of this display. It isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. When you are ready to listen to a description of the question of survival game, press the circular button. When you are ready to leave the audio description of the game, simply move to another display in another location. Mm -hmm.